0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of the Lord that captures our thinking this morning for a few minutes is from Romans chapter 12, the first two verses. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In view of God's mercy. I love that. We're in community. We're in community this morning. The second graders are in community every morning getting after it in in school. And you can tell they've been practicing singing and reading and all of those good things. Perhaps my favorite thing to watch them do is play. And they're really good at playing. They laugh, they joke, they mess around, they push one another, they have little conflicts about who has the ball and who doesn't, and sometimes the teacher's got to sneak in there and make sure it all is copacetic and works out, and they learn how to get along. It's just absolutely fantastic. They, they have a community, community in their classroom with their teacher, a community of second grade, a community of St. John's, a community of, of people that they live with in the city of Orange. It's about community. Life is, not a solo, life is not a solo endeavor. Life was not meant to be lived like the end of a Western, of Clint Eastwood riding in a horse on the sunset all by himself. Community was meant to be lived with children singing about salt and light and letting the light shine. People were meant to live in families. People were meant to love and be loved. Everybody's got someone. Everyone here this morning has dialed in to 450 people together. Batman had Robin. Jeremiah had Baruch. Jeremiah was the guy who was called to say everything God told him to say, and Baruch was called to write it all down. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. It always seemed he was about doom and gloom. Jeremiah didn't have verse after verse after verse of good, positive, encouraging things. It was all this painful stuff and then a blessing and more painful stuff and then a blessing. But Jeremiah had the spotlight. He was the man. And she, and he probably was some sort of an introverted guy. But he also had Baruch. Baruch. Baruch, who in Hebrew's name means blessed. And there's legend in history that thinks that Baruch, though second banana or second fiddle, is thought to have been a positive and supportive man to the weeping prophet, happily playing second fiddle to the man who said, everything's going away. But Baruch carried on the Word, the legacy. He did what he was asked to do, to be the guy who'd write the, prov- the promise of God down for God's people to have even today. Baruch and Jeremiah, his man on your team. Who's on your team? And what does that team look like? Your spouse is on your team. Your children are on your team. Your friends and family are on your team. Your co-workers are on the team. Very few of us, if any, are completely on your team. You can, you can envision that person. This morning, as a part of a church, you're a part of a good size. Two Weeks ago, I went to worship in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I went up to Green And it wasn't nearly as frustrating as this microphone popping in and out. (laughs) As the Packers put it on the Bears, the community was wild. There were six hours of tailgating. Six hours of bratwurst and sauerkraut, of green and gold, of people laughing and messing around and taunting the Bears fans. It was absolutely fantastic. And then you go into the community of the... You go into the community of the of the stadium in Lambeau Field, and people are insane. We stood for three hours watching the game and left with joy and exhaustion. Just a marvelous piece of community. God pulls people together in community. From Adam and Eve to Jeremiah and Baruch, the 12 disciples that our young reader read about this morning. You and me, God works in community. And so that piece of Scripture from Romans chapter 12 becomes something to think about for for just a bit. Paul writes, in view of God's mercy. God's mercy is that piece. Thank you so much. Now I can go for another half hour, right? The clock starts over with the new microphone. Are we on? Check, check, test, test, check, check. $14 million budget and I can't get a microphone to work. That's insane. Where was I? In view of God's mercy, right? When things don't go perfectly, we look at each other not through the eyes and the glare of judgment, but through the eyes of God's mercy. Mercy being that peace which unifies people and draws people together. Mercy being that peace that says, I look at you in love rather than disdain. So, the people on our team, we view through the eyes of mercy our spouse, our children, our friends, our family, our co workers. We look at them in view of the mercy of God. From God's heart to Jeremiah's lips to Baruch's, to Baruch's hand and to your ears, God is merciful and exercises mercy in relationships and in community. And perhaps community is joined together in mercy because it's only with mercy that we can get along with one another It's mercy that allows us to let offenses slide and let things go and reconcile and deal with painful moments in relationships through forgiveness and reconciliation rather than through cancellation and judgment. It's about living in forgiveness and kindness. So we look at others as those for whom Jesus died, as the shadow of the cross lies upon their lives, And we find commonality in the promise and the purpose of God through the gift of mercy and love exercised in family and in relationship. God forgives them and loves them. So who are we to hold an offense in view of God's mercy? Sometimes community is really tough. Sometimes everybody doesn't get along. Your family and mine are no exceptions to that. Sometimes community brings pain not just to little children, but to children who grow up and to be adults and are called to reckon and live mercifully in family even as adult children. And so we look at how we view not only other people, but how we view ourselves. For the shadow of the cross of Jesus Christ falls upon you upon your life. God forgives your offenses, and his mercy for you is rich and deep, and his mercy colors how you see yourself in view of God's mercy. God is merciful and loves you, and that makes all the difference in how we see ourselves. In the time of black and white TV, I grew up in a family long, long time ago, in the 60s and the 70s, and we thought our parents were ridiculous and crazy, much like your children think you are today as well. When I'd get into it with my brother and my little sister, my father and mother would say, you guys go figure it out. And we didn't know what the heck they were talking about. They'd say, you guys go out in the backyard and you figure it out. (laughs) It was just easy to figure out. I'll bring the bat and Andy will bring the club and we'll beat the tar out of one another until someone calls uncle or gives up. My parents would say, you need to figure it out. You need to get along. And rather than accelerate the feelings and the behaviors, it would immediately put them to an end. And then we would have to figure out ourselves how to love and care for one another how to view one another as brother and sister in the Klinkenberg house. And we thought our parents were crazy. But when we raised our children, my sister and brother and myself, we did the same thing. You need to learn to get along. And it starts with viewing one another through the lens of the mercy of God. Here's some help for dealing with people and looking through the eyes of mercy. Four little pieces to think about as you get along, as you exercise the mercy of God in your homes and families, and as you encounter tough and difficult people. First piece, find common ground. Find out what you have in common. Find out why you're together. For family, it may be that the only thing you have in common is your name. But in other relationships, your work, your faith, Friendship, find the common ground and work on it. Dwell on those things you hold in common and tell yourself if there's one step forward, it's the commonality that we have. Find common ground and then celebrate those differences. Jeremiah was a talker, Baruch was a writer. I'm an extrovert, my wife is an introvert. I'm a feeler, my colleague is a thinker. You may be a feeler, you may be a thinker, you may be a talker, you may be a writer, but celebrate the differences you have with the people around you and figure out ways to appreciate the ways people are different and the way God expands your ability to get along with his person on your team. Find common ground, celebrate the differences and understand why this doesn't come with a, with a red light attachment to it. Sometimes it takes a lifetime to figure out why a person is like they are. I've got people like that in my family and so do you. And sometimes they just want to go to them and put a finger in their face and say, just tell me why you're so me. Understand why. Why is the person the way they are? What happened to them? Very seldom that is relieved in 10 seconds or less. But as we find common ground and find ways to celebrate the differences, by patient observation we learn and figure out what makes that individual tick. And then time gives you time to be gracious and merciful and kind. And finally, understand your role in that relationship. What is your thing? When they look at you, what do they see? If they were to be thinking about you the way you're thinking about them, what would they say? And sometimes we can change our attitude and our thinking in the words of my Father to learn to get along. I'm reminded that every beautiful sculpture starts with a big old piece of marble or granite. I'm reminded that somewhere in that stone, through the chisel and the sanding, the vision of the artist finds its way out of the marble and into the eye of the one who appreciates it. I'm reminded that we live in community and that community is not always easy and that God uses difficult people, difficult times And moments of conflict to mold and shape us. And in each piece of marble is a beautiful sculpture waiting to come out. In each moment, in each opportunity to view one another with the grace of God and the love of Jesus. Those are the tools that God uses in community to make beautiful works of art. His man on your team. Beautiful pieces of art. In the name of Jesus, amen.